Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Hey, well, good morning. Welcome to our week three of Breakthrough. We are really glad that you're here today. Um, You guys, wasn't that powerful worship today? Wasn't that so awesome? Like, isn't it so awesome that we get to come into the room and that we get to worship Jesus together? There is really something sweet that happens when we go after God. And, um, And it's just something really, really incredible happens when we go after God together. And um, you can sing, we, I was talking to some people th- th- this week, like you can sing like really, really good in the shower by yourself. But when you get the people together and the squad together, man, something incredible, something incredible happens. And so I'm just so thankful um, for what God's doing in our church. I'm so thankful for what God's doing in our lives. This 21 days really is, a, is, is how we get going for the year. And uh, I, I just, I, I look back sometimes at the seven years of this church and I realize how do we ever start the year without doing 21 days of prayer? Like, we've been doing it wrong for like three or four years, and, but we got it right these last four years. And, man, there's something that God sets a, God sets a, a stage for us. He sets a, he sets a table for us whenever we start the year off with 21 days of prayer and fasting. So uh, we're just thankful for what God is going to do. Um, even one more, there's one more week left, by the way. And um, I'll, I'm one of those people, I got, I got a messed up personality. I like to be there at day one. I like to be there day one. But here's the word for someone here today. If you got here... On, year, on day 15, like just hop in with us. Like just finish, you can finish strong. Come on, you may not start good, but you can finish, you can finish well. And so it's not too late. It's not too late for your breakthrough. I love the words of that song that we sing at the very beginning. Tell me one thing that God can't do. Tell me one body of water that he can't part if he wanted to go out and part it. And um, I just, I, there's not one. And so I thought, man, that's, those, words are, those words are clear. Like we don't have to explain those words to the, to the church today. But um, I have a lot of scripture I want to read today. Um, so I got to jump right into it today. Um, but we started a series called Breakthrough. A series called Breakthrough. And uh, we learned at the very beginning of the year that breakthrough starts with a decision. And then breakthrough continues with a plan. And so we've been laying out the plan the last three weeks. And so the first part of the plan that we looked at was, was fasting. So week one looked at fasting. And we realized this, that we, our, our, our takeaway that week was fasting creates space for breakthrough. Fasting creates space for breakthrough. It's like saying, I'm going to take, take out this and I'm allow God to get in it right here. Like I'm going to get out of the way, get this out of the way, and I'm going to put God um, in that space. It's like, it's like cleaning out your garage. I hate cleaning out my garage. You want to know why? Because what I've noticed in my life, maybe not your life, you're probably better than I am, but we just get rid of stuff to make room for other stuff. <laughs> Isn't that miserable? <laughs> and we just move some stuff and then put some other stuff right there. Like, guys, we got to clean the garage out soon. I'm like, I know, because Christmas is coming down. You know what I'm saying? It comes down. And the Christmas is still down. Christmas has got to go up. I don't want to put Christmas up, because if I put Christmas up, something else is coming in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have a fear of taking out, to, but it's creating space. Face, fasting creates space. Takes, we take out. And we put God, we put God, and then we learned last week that, um, that prayer is the language of breakthrough. Prayer is the language of breakthrough. The Bible says to come to him with, with fervent prayer. The fervent prayer of the, of the righteous of Baal. So we got we to gotta come to him with, with prayer, with fasting and prayer. When are sometimes if we're, we're missing the breakthrough becomes, because we're coming with the prayer, but we're not coming with the fasting. Or come with the fasting, but we're not coming with the prayer. And then today I want to look at this last one, or, or one more this week. We have one more next week, but I want to look at one more this week. I want to talk about God's word today. God's word. And we learned this, we we're going to learn this today. I want you to know that God's word contains the instruction for breakthrough. God's word contains the instruction for breakthrough. 
All the songs that we sing come from this word, the vision of this church for people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, to make a difference. It comes from, it comes from God's instruction book. Um, that's that's our, our vision. Our mission is to love all people at all times and all places. The Bible tells in Scripture they will know you guys by the way that you guys love people. And so everything that we do, it comes from it comes from this word, the way that we, the, we, the generosity, it comes from Jesus. John 3.16 says God gave, God gave. I mean, he modeled generosity for us. And so everything we do, we get in community because in Genesis, the Bible tells us, let us make, God says, let us make man in our image. He's talking to himself. He's a trinity. He's the father. He's the son. He's the spirit. Let us make man in our image. And then we see Jesus, when he goes, before he goes down the cross for our sins, he spends three and a half years building a community group. And then he sends that community group out on mission. Peter, James, and John at the, at the core. Isn't it something, I realize this every year, it hits me that there are thousands of people that follow Jesus. There's thousands upon thousands upon thousands that follow. But when we get to the cross, there's just, there's just a few people. And then the first people, ladies, the first people to see the resurrected king was a woman. Were the ladies. And they were, they were the first to go out and spread the gospel. Or, I mean, that's, 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 not even, that's not hard to, I mean, they went there like, hey, let's go check on them. When they went to go check on them, he wasn't there. And like, we're going to go tell everyone that what he said actually happened. And we get all that from God's, we get all that from God's word. I want to share with you guys today um, the saddest verse in the Bible for me. And then I'm going to unpack why it is that Judges chapter 2, verse 10, the Bible tells us after, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that God had done for Israel. And that doesn't really have a whole lot of weight for you. Because you're like, oh, what, you know, what, what happened? Where'd they go? And so I'm going to answer that question for you today. What happened? Like, why did they, why did a generation grow up? And then after that, no one remember what God had done. What, what, ha- like what happened? And so I want to talk about, say, what happened. Again, the saddest verse in the Bible. I, I would say this to you, and I've said this a lot, but in this church, we're not going to let the generation that we're, inve- we're not, we're not going to let this generation, for lack of better words, go to hell. Not on our watch. We're not going to let this generation fall out of church, stay out of church, and never, ever come back to church. We're going to keep on pouring into them. We're going to keep on pulling them. And while the world's pulling them away, we're going to pull them in. And so Judges chapter 2 says, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. And so you might be asking yourself the question, what were the mighty things? And so we go back to Judges, or go back just a few chapters, just a few chapters in the Bible. We look at the book of Joshua, Joshua 20. Do you have 24 first? Yeah, you have 24 first. I think Joshua chapter 24, verse 1, the Bible says this. Then Joshua summoned all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, including their, their leaders, judges, and officers, and officers. So they came and they presented themselves to God. Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The song that we sang about. This is what the God of Israel says. Long, long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, they lived beyond the Euphrates River and they worshiped other gods. But I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates, and I led him into this land of Canaan. I gave him many descendants through his son Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To to Esau I gave the mountains of Seir. While Jacob and his children, they went down to Egypt. He's like, I blessed these guys. I took them out of a crappy situation, and I blessed the heck out of them. And we multiplied their generations. And incredible things happened. Verse 5 says this. Then I set Moses and Aaron, and I brought terrible plagues on Egypt. And afterward, I brought you out as a free people. But when your ancestors arrived at the Red Sea, the Egyptians chased after you with chariots and charioteers. And when your ancestors cried out to the Lord, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing down the Egyptians. I drowned them with your very own eyes. You saw what I did. Then you lived in the wilderness for many years. 
He said, you guys were in bondage, and I pulled you guys out of bondage. I'm out of bondage. Pretty incredible. Like, they were in bondage, but God pulled them out of bondage. And then the Egyptians are chasing after you guys, and I open up a body of water, and you guys cross through it. And then when they got in the water, then I crashed down, and I killed all those jokers. I mean, that's how I translate it. I mean, that's, that's what he did. I don't, how can God be loving? He loves the heck out of his children. There's consequences if you go against God's people. And so that's, and that's loving. You're like, well, that sounds like, that sounds like tough love. I'm like, I don't care what you call it. But I'm, I, I'm, all I know is that God's like, hey, you want to be a children of Israel, hop in. But if you don't want to be a children of Israel, then stay out. But it's going to be tough. The Bible says at the very end, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Like the reality is that God's given all of us an invitation into his kingdom. And we can accept the invitation or we can disregard the invitation. But nonetheless, the end does come and eternity does get here. And I, I heard someone say to me yesterday, I was talking to someone in the lobby the other day. I think right here, we, we office out of here. But they were basically saying to me, you know, whether I believe God is, whether I tell you God's true or not, it don't really, really matter. God's, God's real. <laughs> He's, I happen to believe it. But whether I believe it, it's true. It's reality. And so we see here in this passage of scripture, he's like, I saved you guys. I gave you guys breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. When your ancestors cried out to the Lord, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing down on the Egyptians, drowning them with your very own eyes. You guys saw that. Verse 8, finally, I brought you into the land of the Amorites on the east side of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I destroyed them before you. I gave you victory over them, and you took possession of their land. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, they started a war against you guys. He summoned Balaam, son of, Be son of Bor, to curse you, but I would not listen to him. Instead, I made Balaam bless you, and I rescued you from Balak. Like breakthrough again. When you crossed the Jordan River and came to Jericho, the men of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I gave you victory over them. Breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And it, I not only did I save you guys i sent terror ahead of you guys to drive out the kings of the amorites it was not your swords or bows that brought you victory i gave you land that you not worked for and i gave you towns that you not build the towns where you are now living i gave you vineyards and olive groves for food though you did not plant them i breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough blessing after blessing after blessing i'm here today to tell you guys that god has made this manual as an instruction for breakthrough I mean, he kept on blessing these guys and blessing them and blessing them. And that's how you and I should feel about our lives. We should feel blessed after blessed after blessed after blessed. Even when you're in the burden seasons, you should feel blessed. And so verse 13 says, I gave you land you didn't even work for. Could you imagine? He goes, I gave you a 401k that you didn't put in for. That's what he's, that's what he's saying. I gave you, I gave you guys, I gave you guys a whole generation of children. Like I, I gave you guys everything. Verse fourteen goes: So fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols of your that your ancestors worship. When they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the God of your ancestors, who they served, beyond the Euphrates? Make sure I'm not going too far. Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Verse 16, that verse is all over coffee mugs and church and houses of God and, and, and houses of God's people. And, and he's like, hey, Joshua's like, hey, you guys, we've, we've been through a lot together, but choose this day 
But whether or not you choose or not, I'm gonna go with God. I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna go all in with God, it's up to you. You can go back to the old way, but not me. You can go back to slavery, but not me. You can go back to starving in the wilderness, but not me. I've seen so, he's too good to not believe. I've seen too many incredible things to go back. And so he says here in verse 16, the people, the people replied, we would never, ever, ever, ever abandon the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord our God is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from the slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes as we travel through the wilderness among your enemies. He preserved us. He goes, there is no way on this green earth or this land that you've given us, we are never, ever going backwards. We're just not going to. And so I was like, man, that's pretty cool that they went through all that. But then I kept on reading. But I don't know, you, this is a little bit more about me. I'm, I didn't read forward. I'm, I'm still going backwards. Because I kept on pulling this thread. I, I pulled this thread this morning with, with talking to, uh, to Pastor Chris. And I was like, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? And when, what about this about the Bible? What about this about the Bible? We started having this conversation. I just kept on pulling this thread. And, and so I went back one more. Sometimes you got to go back to go forward sometimes. You ever notice that before? Yeah, hey, what broke? I'm going to go back and figure out what broke. And you gotta go, you got to go backwards. And so Joshua chapter 23 a lot of times when people come to me, by the way, Pastor West, I don't know what happened. Usually we go backwards first. And I go, well, I can tell you what happened. You stopped here. You stopped here. You stopped here. Um, Craig, who leads one of our groups, reminded me of this. It's a guy, a guy we follow um, in leadership. But he, he said this. Chris said, or, I mean, um, Craig mentioned this to me just since he's been here the last couple of years. But he said this, that you don't have to do anything to drift away. But if you're going to stay tight... And stay in. That takes intentionality. And so we're, I'm like, I'm going to go backwards and see what happened. So I went back one more chapter. Let me go back one more time with you guys. Joshua chapter 23. I'm just going to go back one more chapter. The years passed away, and the Lord given the people of Israel rest from all their enemies. And that verse right there gave me so much comfort. I just wanted that just, when I read that this week, I really made, God really said to me, hey, just, wanna, just give somebody some hope today that the rest is coming. So... We're reading all this incredible breakthrough, all these incredible things. And we're going to go back. Now, these people have gone through some things. So they're still referring to the Egypt thing and the water stuff and the wilderness stuff. And so he goes, the th three years have passed away. Three years have gone by. And the Lord, they, the Lord gave them rest from all their enemies. Joshua, who's now very old, he called together all the elders, leaders, and judges, and officials, and officers of Israel. And he said to them, I am now a very old man. You have seen everything the Lord your God has done for you during, the, during my time. The Lord your God has fought for you. The Lord your God has fought for you against your enemies. I have allotted you. I have allotted you. Someone told me the other day, it's happening to me, Joanna. Joanna goes, well, you do a really good job reading your Bible. I was thinking about vision and how I need to go to see an eye doctor. And I'm like, yeah, I do read really, really well from an iPad. The light behind it. It's up here. I mean, this, this is, I'm like. I'm far-sighted and I'm near-sighted. I don't even know the difference between the two of them, Joanna. Joanna had to explain that to me last night. Like, all I know is I'm reading the Bible. It's going to make sense in a minute. You've seen everything the Lord your God has done for you during my lifetime. The Lord your God has fought for you and against your enemies. I have, a, I have allotted to you, I have allotted to you as your homeland, all the land of the nations yet unconquered. He's like, there's land that we haven't conquered yet. But we hear, we, what we already read about, how they, they divvied up all this land. 
So he says here, I'm going to give you guys all this land as well as the land of those who have already conquered from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. This land will be yours for the Lord your God will himself drive out all the people. You only have to clear the land. And again, we've already read ahead where he, where he, what he's talking about. It already happened. So we go back and verse 6 says this. So very, so be very careful. Listen, so be very careful to follow everything Moses wrote in the book of instructions and do not deviate from it, turning either to the right or to the left. And so I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Like there are so many incredible things happen in this passage of scripture. In these, I mean, we see bodies of water parted. We see God speak to these men and women in burning bushes. We see victory after victory after victory. When you go on to read further, I mean, we see people who, who needed a miracle and we saw a miracle. You guys, they, these guys saw plague after plague after plague after plague, and the plague didn't affect them. It affected their enemies. I mean, these guys seen some stuff. And so I read Judges chapter 2, verse 10. I'm going, what in the heck happened? What happened? Like, why in the world, after all of these years, after seeing all of these things, why in the world would they go away from what they saw? Why in the world would a whole generation grow up and not give any care about Jesus? And that verse is the verse that I wake up and think about almost every single day. And if I don't think about it every single day, I think about it every single Sunday when I wake up and come lead this church and we lead throughout the week. And I just want to encourage you today, the preaching part is the easy part. The passion of people is the hard part. Every single day I wake up and I think to myself, on this church's watch, we're not going to see a generation go to hell. And you know when the people begin to get it, when they begin to share it. If you lead an organization or you lead a team of people at your job, if you can get your employees to say the things that you say, you're winning, right? Like you're like, oh, we're, we've got somewhere. <laughs> we are getting it. And we were in this office just yesterday and one of, the, one of our dream teamers who came to pray with us, she goes, Pastor Wes, I got it. Like I'm getting it. Like what you're saying, the sound is starting to ripple throughout our church. We believe in the next generation and they will not go to hell on our watch. They won't. And we're in, and we're going to be in, and we're in on it. And then we have people like Ashley say to me, hey, I don't know if you guys are taking any money in for this retreat next weekend, but I'm going to get in on that. That ROI is so good, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll go in on that. Then another family calls this week, we're going to sponsor five. Because what you guys are saying is, it's not going to happen on our watch. It's just, no, we're just not willing to allow that to happen. At this church, we will, we will walk up to hell, we will turn our back to it, and we will be there saying, hey, you guys aren't going in our watch. Our backs will burn, the hair will come off, the skin will drip down before we allow the next generation to go to hell. They don't have to. They don't have to go to hell. That's what the local church is for. So I want to let you know in Judges chapter 2, verse 10, it bothers me, and it should bother you because that word is not for just me. While I got it, it's for you, church. Every dollar you give here, I promise you, every dollar you give at this church, you can trace it back. Every dollar you give, you can trace it back to the next generation. Almost every dollar, almost every stinking dollar, you can trace back to the next generation. Most of our sweat, most of our tears, you can trace it back to the next generation. 
we work so hard on groups. You want to know why we work hard on groups? Because the best thing that we can give our kids is healthy moms and dads. So we're investing in groups so heavily. And then we get these nice, sweet ladies that come to our church. One lady walked in. She goes, I don't know if I fit in this church. <clears throat> I got more grades than some of these guys. Then she came to me. She goes, I realize now I'm here because I'm going to die one day. But the next generation, they're going to be around forever. And while I'm on this earth, I'm going to invest in the next generation. And so I'm like, you're welcome here. This is your, this is your house. And when I give here, I know where it's going to go. We're going to invest. And we're going to invest. And we're going to invest. And I'm going to get on a call tomorrow to let uh, Pastor uh, John know um, from, from Arise Rwanda that we're sending him another, from our Heart for the House offering, that we're, because you guys gave, we're sending him $10,000 tomorrow. <clears throat> and we're going to do that because he is going, we're not going to let this gen that generation there that already went to hell, they're saving them out of a hell generation. They're restoring people. That I want to let them know we're in. We're in. And so because when you gave in December, we're going to be able to make that investment. And we gave, and we, we this is so cool about our church too, by the way. We, we gave, we, we outfitted a whole uh, bedroom, you guys, at the, um, for Pastor Josh, who started Freeway, which they started Freeway Orlando and Freeway Sanford this month. And because of your generation, because of your donation, they've been able to buy this house. And we outfitted a whole entire room. And then someone in our church who gets the scriptures and who gets the scripture, who gets the Bible, that family goes, well, my church, our church did that. They got the phone number to Josh and go, our church did that, but we also want to double down. And we're our family alone. We're also going to decorate a whole room by ourselves. And so we did it. And then they did it. And they already helped we do it. And they're like, we're going to do it on our own. Because the reality is that those people who are, people are dying every single day because of the heroin epidemic and drug epidemic and problems in our communities and they're, he's going we're going to stop that too many people have died we can if we can stop it we're going to stop it and we're going to invest in the generation jessica's here today jessica leads the team here and we we give here at the ymc we give at the ymca also not just for our rent but we also give to their um, next generation fund because every single week Jen, um, jessica she's outfitted this room in here and every single night she opens up this room and she's invested in the next generation i just want to let you know today that every almost every dollar you give here it's going to be traced back to the next, almost every dollar, you can, it's, you can trace it back to the next generation. Because when we die, this church doesn't have to. I'm tired of driving by empty church buildings. It frustrates the heck out of me. We did it today. I picked him up today and I said, bro, that church is dying. It's dead. And we got you to give it to us. I just declared it in the name of Jesus. And it's not just that church. It's 85% of churches in America. I'm tired of all the statistics. I'm not okay on our watch that six to 9% of churches are actually growing and healthy. That's not okay. There's only one church for every thousand people in America. We got, our, we got work to do here. And then we can, do, we can continue to do this. I was talking to with my realtor friend yesterday. And he goes, bro, if you're gonna plant the next church, plant it in Groveland. And I'm like, I received that. And we're just going to, we want to take more ground, you guys. But we're not going to take it. We're not going to take more ground and lose this generation. We can't do it. We're going to keep on investing in them. So what happened to these people? None of that was in the notes. I just felt like God told me to tell somebody that. In this passage of scripture, he says a whole generation grew up and didn't know what I just read to you guys. Like they forgot about it. So 
I went back. I'm like, what happened? So I went back and I read it. And that verse says, verse 6, Joshua goes, hey, guys, be very careful to follow everything that Moses wrote in the book of instruction. So Moses, who led before Joshua, says, hey, guys, don't forget the instructions for breakthrough. Then I'm like, that's good. Moses wrote these instructions, and that's good. And then I, I flip back over again to 24 and got to verse 25. And it said, Joshua made a covenant with the people. And he said, guys, I'm, I just want you guys to like, like just listen. Like, like, let's make a covenant together. We're going to do this. And let's commit the following decrees and regulations to the Lord. Like all these things, like let's do this thing. Like, let's like really be committed, telling people, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Like let's really do this thing. And he goes, let's really love all people at all times. Like, like, like let's really go all in on this thing. And they're like, okay, we got it. So Joshua wrote all these things down in the book of instructions. So I'm like, dang it. Moses wrote these instructions down and gave it to the people. And then Joshua, he got some instructions and he wrote them down and he gave it to the people. And it made me realize the reason why Judges chapter 2 verse 10 is in there is because they quit doing what was in the book of instructions. And here's the deal today, church. You don't have to. You can get what's in this book. You can, you, this book is not hidden to us. We're not taking three hours to get to an underground church in China today to be to not without a Bible and some pastor opening up scripture to us and read the Bible to him for two hours and then get him back and somehow making a way back two more hours back to your home we don't have to do that. We have free access to the Bible. We give away hundreds of Bibles every single year. And so I wrote down just a couple thoughts today that I thought you needed to know. Is that you need to know the Bible. You need to know God's Word. You have to know God's Word. The reason why churches are in problems in today is because the churches are biblically illiterate. You need to know God's word. You have to know God's word. So that begs the question, do you know God's word? And if you don't know God's word, then you ought to be the first person on the Bible app, on version. You gotta buy a Bible. If you can't afford a Bible, we will give you a study Bible. We'll give you a $40 study Bible, however much it costs, because we want you to open up God's word and we want you to do what's in the Bible. Because if you don't, your kids are going to grow up and they're not going to know. Like this isn't Judges and Joshua. This is Hope Church in West Orange County. And the next generation. And the next generation. When you give here, we give to organizations that translate the Bible in, in, to, to, um, to people groups who don't have the Bible in their own language. And if we gave more... All that vision, all that vision that we could be a part of. It's what you get to give to. It's what you get, to, you get to give to all that vision. And all that vision comes from God's word. So you get to be a part of kingdom impact. You got to know God's word. And because it's a very, very, very simple church, I want you to walk out memorizing these two points that you need to know God's word. Because I know you guys are simple people. It's not you, probably it's just me. Once you know the word, you need to show the word.
We gotta show people that we know the word. Lost people don't read the Bible. They read the people who read the Bible. We gotta get God's word in our hearts and let it not fall away from us. We gotta know the scriptures. Like Pastor West, what verses of scripture do I need to do I need to memorize? You need to memorize some scripture. I wrote, I just, I just Googled scripture this week. And I'm not even sure what, what I Googled. Let me see if I was gonna share with you. <clears throat> yes, I just Googled this. This is powerful. Like Google, like Google, even whatever the world's got, God can use it for his glory. But I just typed in my, my notes today. What does the Bible say about God's word? And here's what he tells in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. You don't have this. This is just all for my own. This is extra credit reading from Pastor West this week. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed. It's inspired. The Greek word inspired means that it was God-breathed. He literally breathed it out. Psalms 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto West Beecham's feet and a light unto West Beecham's path. And it should be yours. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says to, or God says, and Joshua, these guys, they get the Bible and they go, this book of the law, it shall not depart from your mouth. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 says, but God answered and he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but we got to live by the bread. We got to live by the bread. This is the bread. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God, it's living and it's active. Romans chapter 15, verse 4 says, whatever is written in the former days was written for your instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement, that the scriptures we have, we might have hope. 1 Timothy 4, 13, until I come, devote yourself. Until God comes back, devote yourself. Devote yourself. Devote yourself to public reading of scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. Psalms 119, verse 18 says, open up your eyes that I may behold the wondrous things out of this book. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk. We ought to learn, yearn for the word of God, church. We got to know the word of God and then we got to share, we got to show the word of God. So I want to invite you to stand to your feet. Would there be a praise on your lip today? Would you say, God, I want to know the word. I want to know the word. And then once I know the word, God, I want to show the word and I want to share the word. Let's be your church. Let's be your generation. That way when this church is done, we say this church is still standing because we stood on the word of God. Come on, God's people. Let's worship them and let's stand on the word of God today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.